Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> How's that catchphrase going over there, James? I'm Claire, by the way. This is Suggestible Pod. We recommend you things to what watch up, or dogs? listen to. I'm not going to Coming at your high energy. <laughs> we don't have any Nick Mason today in the episode. No. But that's no. but I'm sure we'll see an increase in numbers regardless because, you know, <laughs> you know what he's like, Clay. You know what he's about. He's so bloody popular, yeah. that, mate. Actually, I didn't check the numbers. What were the numbers last week? I don't know. I didn't check either. <laughs> <laughs> Let's assume bad. All right. <laughs> so we suggest things, don't we? Or did you already say that? I did. I did. I did. And never has there been a better time for you to get things suggested to you to watch, <laughs> read and listen to Considering that we're all in our houses. Well, or should be in our houses. Or should be in our houses. Hope you're not still on spring break. <laughs> or if one of those boomers just wandering around the centre of town. Oh, Lord. Waiting to die. We really shouldn't be making jokes because it's a very serious time. And if you're, you're right, having. Claire. But if we can't laugh at all the people who will die from this disease, what can we no, laugh at? We're not making jokes. Okay, sorry. Don't make jokes. So However, mm. you'll be right out there, yeah, hopefully. maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who anyway, know? let's just recommend you some stuff to make you feel happy. Should I start or do you want to start? Just before we start, I need to confess something. Okay, I love a confession. I sang Sweet Caroline on my Instagram account. This sounds less like a confession <laughs> and more like a humble brag, Claire. No, it was bad. Get out of here I with that. back to it. It wasn't supposed to be good I was because I'm not good at guitar, but I'm trying to pick up hobbies. Yeah. Seeing as they're stuck in isolation. And I've stared at that bloody guitar forever. And so I've learned a new song on it. And I thought people should know that Sweet Caroline, you can play it in three and a half chords. Oh, my goodness. Neil Diamond, you're a big fan? Uh, Well, I like Sweet Caroline. So, yeah. (laughs) You don't like the one that goes... Good Lord. <laughs> I listened to a lot of Neil Diamond growing up because my parents were big fans. They also really love those Irish women that oh sing. God. What are they called? The Gaelic women or whatever. Yeah, they're always like, ooh, daddy boy, in a like giant dress. Singing in front of a fake castle, but like in an enormous stadium <laughs> with like a million people in there. I know, I mean, and I'm like, who's this for? Your Who are parents. The fans of this? Yeah. Your parents, your mum and dad. I I think Love part them. of it is also they're like they're very good looking Irish ladies. So I think that's part of it. I think that's like there's a few husbands. Your out. dad listens to our show. Yeah, I don't care. So I think there's a bit of like. You know, wives will like it because they love the music and the husband's like, yeah, I also like this. I mainly just like the cleavage. Yeah, there is quite right. a lot of cleavage. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You've called your dad out. Just Google cleavage. You He's don't need bloody to... isolation, mate. You don't need to take him down even further. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. All right, all right so, spe- off to the starting speaking of the of, uh, suggestibles. Yeah, speaking of isolation and despair, I watched an incredibly oh, cheering. bleak thing last night. It's a new movie to oh, stream. That that's a new thing. You. But I think it helped me in the log run. It's called Vivarium, and it's oh the Lord. it's the director Logan Finnegan. Post apocalyptic 
Zombies, no. robots, so AI. It stars Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg, who you may know as, as young and upcoming actors. That's probably not true. I think they were both in their thirties. So anyway, they're, they're looking for a home because they 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 want to they want to buy houses. A lot of a lot of millennials do. You know what I mean? They want to get into that get into that market while they you can. They either want to buy a house or in Australia eat avocado on oh toast. Oh my god, you can't do both. You got to pick one or do the you other. Is the time when. People were just in uproar about millennials have being forced not to eat brunch so they could buy a house. And that, that, those things don't even correlate because, like, if you do crunch the numbers, the amount of avocado toast you would not have to eat. I don't know the numbers, but it's yeah, not conceivable in a lifetime no, that if you save the $3 maybe twice a week, it doesn't actually factor in at all. <laughs> no. You have to make, like, grand sweeping kind of financial decisions or just come into a lot of money. So anyway, whatever. Correct, or get free university education. Yeah, exactly. So that comes from a lot of people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Just pull yourself up, but shut up. Anyway. Okay, tell us about your crap, so they're looking for thing a home. that you love. Everything you watch, yes. you are always watching stuff that's like set in a bleak landscape. Yeah, this was, I, I did not like this at all, but it's a good movie. Like I liked it, but it's like I did not enjoy watching that. Kind of thing. So they they go to to a very odd real estate agent and he leads them to, he's a very odd man. It's like, what's wrong with this guy? And he leads them to a really idyllic neighborhood, but not idyllic in a good way. Every house is literally exactly the same. The sky is weirdly uniform in terms of like the way that it looks. And then he shows them around the house and then he disappears. And then they go, okay, I guess we'll just leave. So they leave but they can't get out of this neighbourhood. Oh, it looks exactly the same no matter where me... they go. This so, is the worst thing to yeah. be watching at the moment. I know. So they're driving around and around until eventually they run out of petrol. So, But every time they kind of keep turning corners, they end up back at this house, this particular house that they've been shown. There's no one there, by the way. There's no one in the neighbourhood. It's just them. And so they're stuck in this place. They don't know why they're there. And then somebody, I won't go any further than this, but somebody dumps a baby on the doorstep and says, you need to raise this baby. And it's really, it's really claustrophobic and, and just upsetting and disturbing. And you feel like you're in it, like the sense of isolation and slowly kind of going mad. <laughs> why would you and like, and like what is kind of going on? <laughs> you feel like you're in it. Like it, it really, and it's really kind of trippy, but... And it's a kind of a mystery, but it's not – it don't, won't give you the answers that you're kind of looking for. But, yeah, I didn't like it, <laughs> but it was good. No, no I'm legitimately – I'm not weird, making fun of you. I had weird you. dreams. Can you tell me why you chose to watch Because also off the back of that, film. I'm like, oh, at least I'm not these two people. Like because they're stuck in a house, but it's like this weirdly uniformed, I guess – for lack you know of a that word, we are going house. to be given a baby. Well, like a baby will be, but it's not dragged just yeah. It's not just the baby that's me. upsetting. It's like Very the things soon. that kind of happen as oh, a result good. of this baby. Well, they're trapped in of, a house. From, from the opening, from the opening of this movie, which I again I won't spoil because I feel like that kind of gives away where it ends up going. Oh, okay, and uh, I, I just I, I enjoy. I will never watch it again, but I did enjoy it. I found it okay. really engrossing. So what's it called? It's called Vivarium. And where can you find it? Uh, what did I, I? I think I streamed it off Prime, but I had to go through a VPN because it wasn't. Oh, like Express VPN. Like Express VPN. Our our very first from last sponsor. Week. Exactly. So correct. Uh, Raw Collings will put a link to. The oh, let's not do any free publicity underneath. here, Claire. <laughs> That's if you would like to, yeah. please help the show. But that's what I've having me to, to do for a lot of movies because they're like it's released on streaming, yeah, everywhere else but here for some reason. So that's what right. okay. I've been doing. But I yeah. am genuinely curious though, why are you drawn to such dark subjects? Because matter? it does 
because it's compelling and it's also at the end of the day, it's that's not our particular situation. So are you, because I can't do this, like I have always been as a kid as well, we never watched TV unless we were seriously watching it. Like we were never a family that just had it on the background. And I find TV so absorbing and so yeah. emotionally like draining or I just take on board the characters. And sometimes if I watch a show for a long enough time, I can start talking like some of the characters in the TV. It's just, it's part of my personality. I don't know why I do it, but that's what happens. And so to me, when I, if I had to watch something like that, I would go insane. Mm. Like I can't cope with it. So is it that you're able to distance yourself and like am, look yeah. at it as a piece I can of separate, art? I can separate myself from it. Yeah. And yeah. The other, like I did, like to be fair, I did have like a like weird dreams. Like kind of related to this thing. But again, I can I can look at this and go, well, this is a not a real thing. This is obviously a yeah. a fake situation. So is that how you're able to watch all those terrible horror films? Well, not you don't really don't watch horror. Watch you know, like Westworld and Yeah, I can kind of switch off. Those from kind things, of shows. Yeah. Uh, so I would say, yeah, if you kind of want something upsetting and, and there's some very kind of disturbing moments, not so much, not like horror stuff, you but just like, such glee. this is like that time you ruined Christmas by telling me about that Tony Collette movie where they all end up in a snow globe yeah. stalked by a giant monster. And I thought it was going to be like a happy family Christmas movie. Yeah. The Krampus get into they're it. Very different people. You and all I. those Santa's like toys that come in, the Krampus's toys are all filled with like meat. They're like... <laughs> Horrible creatures oh, under there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so what do you nice. want to recommend? Is it more disturbing than Oak Jar? Last question. Yeah. Way more. Yeah. All right. I'm not watching that. But good on you for choosing more bleak shit to thank watch. Thank you. My in second your one is less downtime. bleak, but thank you. All right. I, I'm seriously doubting that. All right. So I thought I would recommend uh, a TV show quickly. I'm, I'm sneakily worried I've already recommended it, but I bloody love it. So I'm just going to go ahead. Sure. I couldn't find it. So it's called The Bletchley Circle. And it's an older one. It's been around for quite a while. It's on, 2014. Yeah, yeah. It's really good though. It's a television mystery drama miniseries set in 1952 to 53 about four women who worked as code breakers at Bletchley Park. Dissatisfied with the officials' failure to investigate complex crimes. So it kind of is set seven years later because Bletchley Park, for anyone who doesn't know, was kind of the English base for the Allied forces when they were deciphering codes. Right, okay. And what I find really interesting is this this giant mansion, right? And by January 1945 in World War II, it was the peak of the code-breaking efforts. Nearly 10,000 personnel were working there at this mansion, just breaking codes and trying to decipher German messaging. And about three-quarters of them were actually women, many of whom came from quite middle-class backgrounds with degrees in math, science, engineering, and physics, and they were given entry into those STEM programs due to the lack of men who had been sent to war. But what happened was so many of those women who did these incredibly complex calculations and who were able to then solve some of the great mysteries and actually they think shorten the war by two to four years. They went on to run the country. No, they didn't. They went back to to being housewives. They weren't allowed to even tell their husbands what they were doing because it was all under the like secret code of the, you know, like forces and everything. And so all these incredibly smart women, once all the men came back, just had to – go back to raising yeah. kids, not there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, have limited choices and get married and generally live pretty boring lives. And no one really knew a lot about them. And I just find that so frustrating. 
And they were called things like the Bletchleyettes and the Dillies Phillies, this guy called Dylan Knox, who was kind of one of the leaders in code breaking. So the men tend to be more well-known, but some of these Dillies Phillies in inverted commas were women like Jean Perrin, Claire Harding, Rachel Ronald and Elizabeth Granger and Jane Hughes. Yeah, responsible for just incredible things, spoke so many languages like French and German. Yeah, just just incredible about a history. And I find a lot of the time women get kind of erased from history. Yeah. A lot. Or they get lumped together in that kind of like patronizing Dilly's Phillies words or whatever. Anyway, Women so- of the war. They're all they're all categorized as that woman who's like Yeah, with look the at head my bicep. Scarf. Yeah. So all of these incredibly smart women with these incredible talents then just had to give up their jobs. Anyway, so this is it's a fictional story, but it is based around women who have come from Bletchley Park, loosely based around sort of true events of the women's lives that were there. So seven years later, Susan, Millie, Lucy and Jean, who worked together, um, then kind of come back together to start solving crime, basically. Mm. And their husbands, and they're all in different situations. One's in domestic violence, another's got a husband who's like lovely, works in like the transport department and just so dismissive of her. And That's a real just, Nick Mason, if ever yeah. I've heard one. <laughs> He's so supportive of women. Anyway, but the man in it, it's just such a look at society at that time and how women were so disregarded. And there's just this series of murders of women being brutally murdered in the peace, police don't is know it, what to do. Is it the one person doing the murders? Well, there's there's actually a couple of series in this show and so there's a couple of different crimes Murder, that unfold. You say. Um, but, yeah, the women work together and they kind of end up showing up the police a little bit even though the police get initially don't listen to them because they're women and da-da-da. So right, right. it's um, – yeah, it's just really it's it's great. It's uh, it's it's kind of like a look at a really interesting period in history. It's quite funny. It makes me quite furious a lot of the time as well. But it's also just a a great kind of rollicking story. Yeah, great murder mystery high, you know, kind of thing. And, and um, you'd kiss it. I really you'd kiss like it? it. I'd kiss it. Yeah, oh it's God. just really addictive um, watching too. Have you watched it before? Because yeah. I know you said you thought. I don't think you have mentioned this before. But how do you watch it? All right. Before? Yeah, yeah. I've watched it before. Yes, yeah, so I watched it a while ago. It's on Netflix. Mm. Um, they've. I think there's three series, and they're just great. And the costumes and the period kind of look of the whole. How many show people are smoking cigarettes too. in this show? Oh, many are smoking That's what I a hear. cigarette. And I guess at this time, like while we're all hanging out in our houses and we're kind of living through a really crazy point in history, it's really interesting to go back and have a look at other points in history. Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes me marvel at how far women's rights have come. And how far have they come? Very far. That's good, but not far enough. (laughs) Not far enough. I think also, and this is going to sound really lame, (laughs) And I'm this probably, is another Instagram plug. No, it's not. <laughs> Raw Collings might need to edit this bit out if I think I'm going to sound like too much of a dickhead. But people often say to me this phrase which really irritates me and I've talked to you about this before. People are like, oh, you're a smart woman. You're so smart. Claire's such a smart woman. Who said that you're a smart <sighs> woman? Who would dare? What? I know. I know, which is like a lovely compliment. But No, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. But, but like men don't, don't get called, oh, what a smart guy. You know, like, yeah, oh, that's you're probably a smart fair. I don't know. It just annoys me sometimes that that patronising kind of thing of like, well, not all. It, the implication is not all women are smart and it's unusual that you're a smart woman. Well, I, I mean, I think like 
not all men are smart. No, not all women are smart, but it is an odd compliment to be like, oh, that's surprising that you're smart. That's what I mean. It's sort of more unusual or something. And I'm definitely, there are women who are, and men who are much smarter than me, you know, much more than me. Mm. Um, However. Don't know about that. Oh, yeah. All I'm trying to say is it bugs me. And and watching this, I really identify with the women who are a little bit frustrated and have these brains that aren't being utilised. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say. The Bletchley Circle on Netflix. Get into it. Get into it. Get out of it. raging feminism has come out. Oh, my goodness. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Off you go. All right, off I go? Okay. Um, There's a show called Miracle Workers. Uh, It's here, it's on Stan? Yeah, it is on stand here, but who knows where it's on wherever you are. It stars Daniel Radcliffe, Geraldine Viswanathan. I've definitely said it. Viswanathan. That is an interesting yeah. surname. She's great. Uh, she's in um, a movie, a teen movie where a guy accidentally cuts his dick off. It's, a, it's actually it's a fun movie. She's in Blockers, I think, as well. Have you seen Blockers? No. Yeah, anyway, uh, Steve Bashimi. Uh, cuts Car- his own dick off. It's yeah. On purpose? No, Claire. <laughs> what a smart guy. I know. That's what I said. <laughs> Karan um, Sony. So- Season one is kind of like a not as good version of The Good Place. God, uh, Earth sucks and God is an idiot, played by Steve Bashim. He doesn't really know what he's doing. It's just fine. Like a kind of, it's fun and everyone's kind of fun and good in it and Daniel Radcliffe and whatever. It's all, it's all good. But season two, they've made this like an anthology series, so it's much more interesting. So they've taken it back to the Dark Age. It's the same cast, but it's, they're playing different characters in a completely different setting. Set in like a really horrible time in English history where everything is superstition and education is dumb and violence kind of rules. Like if you're stupid or violent, you'll kind of get ahead as opposed to if you know anything. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. great. It sounds like all the terrible times in history. Exactly. Like- well, that's exactly what it is. So Daniel Radcliffe is the son of an insane king, but he's kind of this dandy kind of he's trying to do well and be nice, but he's also really pampered. So he's got this skewed perspective and uh, Geraldine Vishwanathan. I, I feel like I'm saying that wrong every time. She's the daughter of Edward Murphy shit shoveler. So she's, <laughs> that's her job. She then has to take on the family uh, job, even though she's quite well, she's quite smart and educated and she understands kind of physics and for the time and how everything kind of works. So you could completely skip the first season if you wanted to. It wouldn't really matter because the second season is a huge improvement, I think. It's kind of like, you know, Black Adder kind of skipped through time. Yes. It's kind of like in that kind of I see. respect. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think it's – it's. I've been watching it for a while and I've been meaning, meaning to bring it up for, for weeks now and I think it might be near the end of the second season now but and it comes up weekly on – on stand, but again, I don't know what it's doing wherever you else, wherever anybody else is. Uh, so I think you also would like it too. Yeah, I've seen you watching this yeah. on and off. I think I, yeah, I, yeah, I think I probably would really like. Mm. I like Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. I met him once. You did meet him once. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Wait, because I mean, he's never really going to not be Harry Potter, is he? No, I mean, what what's crazy about I think most of the people from Harry Potter, except for one of the bullies who went to jail for rioting during the London riots. <laughs> Uh, they're all relatively normal despite being insanely wealthy and 
very and child famous stars. From a very young age. I think age. they were looked after well, though. Yeah, I think, I think you might be right. You know, I think there's a difference between the era where Drew Barrymore grew up as a child star. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. She was abused, uh, and there was drugs at awful. a very young age. So and, many young yeah. stars I mean, I think at that it point. D- depends I think on. They were- Cared for, who's looking after you as well? Yeah, like and, what your circumstances are. Yeah, and I are. also think J.K. Rowling in general. One of we went and saw Harry Potter the musical, which was amazing. The Harry stage, Potter the musical, or not the musical, the stage show, The Cursed Child. Someone I met in a cafe. Her mum was actually in that show, and she said that J.K. Rowling made a real point at looking after all of the actors, and it, it's the show that those actors had been in that was the most. Generous with A, yeah. pay, B, sick leave, which often actors in yeah. shows like that never get sick Definitely, leave because yeah. they're, you know, you, limited you, it's runs. A, it's a lot of time if you're, if you're yeah. an actor. Yeah, and they, didn't, they had less is. hours on stage. So they had more time to rest in between shows. Oh, really? Because it is a huge, a huge show. Huge if you've show seen to it, do. it's like yeah. a whole day or you got to do it over yeah, two so days. So I yeah. wonder if her attitude has kind of filtered through to the Maybe, set. Maybe. Or it's just a new No, I, don't, I think you might be right because she did have a lot of sway over the directors and the cast for those movies. That was a condition of her coming on board, of selling the book rights. I know she, she pushed for a, a British cast, which – there's no Americans in those movies, or if there are, there aren't there aren't many, and that's a result of her. That's why every British actor kind of shows up in those. Because yeah. I know Steven Spielberg was going to do it at one point, and he wanted Haley Joel Osment to be Harry Potter, and um, it just would have had a different. It would feel. have a different feel. I'm not saying it wouldn't have been. Like, look, to be honest, I don't like those first three movies. I don't think they're good. I think they're good kids' movies, but I don't think they're very. I mean, nothing beats the books. That's in my sure. opinion. Uh, speaking of actually, on my more popular podcast, The Weekly uh, Planet, we're doing Harry Potter. Movies five and six this week. We did every couple a bit of, years, of cross promo over there. So I'm much really, cross promo, and we're just promoting ourselves shamelessly. To on this Harry this Potter episode. movies <laughs> this week. <laughs> well, they're some of the better them. ones. Yeah, they're My good. My lovely friend Chanel uses Harry Potter as her happy place. Oh, good. And I respect. But it. I also feel like that last movie really burnt me out on Harry Potter and seeing, seeing the play, which again I liked, but I'm like I'm kind of done on Harry Potter for the. For the moment, but I'm going back by popular demand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And look, I I liked mm. the movies. I enjoyed them, but then, but the books just I've read them so many times. They just take me into another They're place. Great. Actually, I should reread them again. Nah. Anyway, who's got the time? Who has the time? Okay, where are we up to? Who's turning? You. To it's to your review? turn. That's my turn to review. All right. Okay. So after my the Bletchley Circle rant, yes, I actually just have um, some suggestions for parenting ideas. Oh my it's my goodness. little parenting segment. Turn Man, it off this, if you don't care about small humans. I was thinking about this today and just seeing people online. If we didn't have kids, this would be the easiest <laughs> fucking thing in the world because we work oh, from home it, anyway. And it, yeah, if like everyone's different, because like, some people lost their jobs and living in different oh, situations. Obviously, but for yeah. Us, yeah. In our I'm talking about our particular situation. Obviously, I'm not saying anybody who doesn't have kids is flying through this, but I'm saying no. in our particular circumstance, this would be. I would cruise through this. I wouldn't even blink. <laughs> of course you wouldn't. You're bloody introverted. It's your dream. I think you'd struggle with it more than home. I would. Yeah, but but saying that, I kind of feel like I've got into a rhythm with it now. Yeah, definitely. Um, but that is very true. There is a big difference between people who have especially little kids and yeah. people who don't. Because if they're older kids and they're teenagers, I'm assuming there's also really tough stuff about it too, but they can entertain themselves a lot more, right? Like yeah. they have schoolwork to do. They've got books. They don't want to be hanging around with their parents all the time. They are independent. They think their parents are big nerds. Big old nerds. At the moment, nerds. I keep saying to my son, though, he doesn't 
I'm like, one day you're not going to want to hang out with me. You're like, you're not going to want to hold my hand. Stop saying that to you. And he's like, ah, let's wrestle or whatever. No, he's yeah. the best. He just all he wants to do he's is doing hang really with us. Well. He is. He's, yeah. a, he's a real true butt, and he's yeah. been incredible. And actually, he's keeping me sane through all of this. But as well, it's hard because mm. there's all these things that he would normally have and do, and he can't do them. And so we're having to create a whole little world in our house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so for those parents who, particularly, I think with him, it's easier because he's so fun to hang out with now because he is learning new things and you can have conversations with him and reason with him mostly. mostly. I think if you had two-year-olds, three-year-olds, I know I'm just, I am in solidarity with you guys out there. I'm not, you're on your own. Um, If you have kids with special needs or learning difficulties, if you're a carer, man, I'm just with you guys. Amazing, so much respect. Anyway, so I thought I would do some things that I've been doing with him that seem to be working. You know who the real heroes are though? Who? Justice League. Some of the best. <laughs> They're out there, uh, fictionally, right, solving cool, crimes and cool. things. And yeah. what's so, like finding a cure for the coronavirus. No, no, I'm saying in their fictional universe, they've got their own thing going on. They might All be right. doing DC. No, I keep having to read that stupid yeah. dictionary of <laughs> the, Justice League. the Justice League. Do you know why we have that Justice, so we have that Justice League uh, kids manual? It's because a friend of mine flipped this name out, uh, Collins. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> He goes, you like comics? And he gave me this. And I'm like, this is a children's book, you fucking muppet. <laughs> he gave it to me like <laughs> eight years ago when we didn't have kids. And I'm like, what do you think I do? Because you're a child. You were essentially I a giant I didn't say child. that. But I like, don't think that it's a much of a stretch for your friend to buy you a, su- a hard copy superhero I could take because you a comic off the shelf right now all the time. of like somebody tearing off another person's head or something. Comics are not <laughs> just know, for kids. Claire. <laughs> I've really hit. There's a I've big a difference, sore point. but that's what's it, that's what's good about them because they, they there's so much variety. I know. I in what know you can do this. with different characters. I know they're amazing. They're graphic novels. One time, they're Bane picked adults. up Batman and broke him over his his knee. Whoa! His, his spine snapped like a packet of spaghetti. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. That's ironic. I made pasta tonight for dins. You certainly did. Real din dins. Okay. Well, can I get back to my recommendation? I guess. Oh god, I've, I exploded some kind of like weird bomb over there. Of like, <laughs> I'm not really a child. My job is a real job. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say any of that. All I'm saying is, our friend. My job is a real job. He's an idiot. He's not an idiot. Yes, he is. Most uh, jobs are. I real hate anyway. that Justice League dictionary. It's really boring, yeah, it but our son loves it. Literally, it's just listing superheroes. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the things that have been really working, lunchbox. So I pre-make in the morning a lunchbox, which I know some parents are like, ooh, lunchboxes suck. I've got one of those ones that's got little compartments in it so you don't have to wrap anything because that's the bane of my existence. Sure. You just shove a whole lot of snacks in there because one thing that is annoying about little kids, they can't make their own snacks. And so when they're hungry, so often they just you have to keep going to make the snacks. But if you can pre-make all the snacks in the morning or, and make it an activity with them, yeah, and then they can just go to their lunchbox whenever they need to. That's right. So good. And I put on my Instagram, but I talked about it last week, that I'm doing pretend kinder. You could do pretend school as well. It's real fun. You could um, do pretend that anything. Is part of that. You could do pretend. Yeah. Pretend, pretend, <laughs> you can do pretend stuck in your house because of a virus. All right. Well, anyway, I think that's kind of fun, and that's the joy of little kids. They've got that imagination that will go with you with that kind of stuff. Okay, here are some other things that are, I reckon are lifesavers. I love lifesavers. There's a website called Storyline Online. Have you heard about this, James? I don't. I don't know what a website is. I think is. you would Explain really like me. it. Um, it's it. stories read by celebrities. Oh, For instance, f- your favorite David Harbour. I do like David Harbour. Yeah, you actually would like this. It's not corny. 
it's just lovely. So they're just. How do you know I like David Harbour? What do you know about me and David Harbour? I know you. I know. You. I know you love him. You have a big man boner for him. You've talked <laughs> just, about him before. For that's anyone just who a doesn't regular know, boner. It's not called a man boner. Anyway, it's just a boner. he reads. You don't. You, okay. That's that's sexist. Pipe down. Anyway, it's actually really great, and the stories are great. They mainly show the pictures. The celebrity's not like is obviously talking. Yeah. But they're doing it, and it's really cozy and lovely. So David Harbour reads Snapsy the Alligator. There's Chris O'Dell. Dowd, who's quite a fun, fun guy from uh, the IT crowd, and he reads Arnie the Donut. Yes. Um, one of my favourites is Harry the Daddy Dog. I love that book, and it's re- um, read by Betty White. Oh, Betty White. He's just bloody Every time adorable. I hear Betty White's alive, I'm like, that's amazing. I know. She's Golden Girls, right? One of, I think. Pretty sure. Anyway, That's a I very, love her. very popular show that I never watched. There's a yeah. lot of like, oh, my God, the Golden Girls is the best. I'm like, yeah, it's the best. I love it. <laughs> Never seen it. I loved the Cosby show. Oh, he's a oh, rapist. No. He's in jail for rape. I loved that show Never so really watched much. it either. Fuck that guy. Oh, well, he was seriously part of my childhood. I loved that show. He was part show. of everybody's childhood oh, except anyway. for mine. Anyway, so Storyline Online, get on it. It's really great. The website's really awesome too. They have really great pictures of all of the books and there's just lots of really good quality kids' books. So okay. if you are tired and can't be bothered reading some stories and yep. you have some work to do, pop your kids in front of that. They'll love it. They'll love it. They'll kiss um, it. So other things you can do are virtual excursions, Ugh. which are really – I know they're not the same, but some of the websites actually are really cool. I know James is like trying to poke his eye out with the corner of his glasses. Kill so me. you can go to the Louvre. You can go – You can go to the Louvre. <laughs> you go to the go toilet. To, a lot of Louvre. different zoos have virtual things. It's really cool. And the museums as well. So all over the world. So in New York and everywhere else they so have kind of virtual – So you can walk down and be like, what's going you on You can here? go and – yeah, you can go and have a look. And they're like 3D. They have lots of cool stuff on their site. So – Another really cool one I found was Explore the Surface of Mars on the Curiosity rover, um, which is at accessmars.withgoogle.com. Um, and so you can actually go on the Curiosity Access rover. Mars at withgoogle.com. Yeah, that's the website. Because it's Google. But it's at with? Oh, no. Let me read it again. Accessmars.withgoogle.com. saying with. Oh, I, don't, I don't know what's happening anymore. I had to go to my appointment today and I had to sanitise my hands 50 times and then I talked to the receptionist behind glass 1.5 metres away. Like you are buying a gun at a bank. Yeah, it was real weird. So virtual excursions is actually really cool. And that also links in with Google Earth. Google Earth is awesome. You can type in any location. What's Google Earth? You know Google Earth. Yeah, I know. So does everybody listening to this. Oh, shut up. Well, I'm (laughs) I'm just reminding people because people are tired. It's fun for kids to do and you can type in like your own – what are you doing over there? I'll see in a second. Okay. Oh, he's doing that thing. Oh, anyway, he's so annoying with his phone. Yeah, so you can type in like any location in the world and you can zoom in and you can walk along the streets. Really, really fun and cool. Is the it? other thing I found, <laughs> it's coming up to Easter. So we're reading a book called Spots First Easter by Eric Hill. It's really cute. It just has like a little spot Easter egg hunt in it. It's gorgeous. Uh, if you don't have a copy, I'm sure you could also find a version of it being read online. And kids just love it. Then you can do little Easter egg hunts in the garden. You can hunt for actual eggs or you could go um, and hide pretend eggs. And then you can do lots of little counting games and color recognition and all kinds of stuff with the Easter eggs. I'm ignoring you with your shark app. I'm going to show you. No, this is important. I'm going to show people when you're finished. Oh, God. Anyway, so they're my little parenting ideas. Here's another one. If you, there's certain animals that you type in, a lot of the common ones, and uh, you, so you type in shark, 
like I've got here. In what, James? In in Google, Claire. And you just go down, you click on 3D, and then you find like a space, and it will then that shark will appear in augmented reality in your room. So you look through your phone, and the shark is like it's in your room floating around like a shark. And look, you can move it around. It can get bigger and smaller. I actually hate this. Oh, really? Yeah. All of your suggestions were internet-related, Claire, and you hate my internet They weren't thing? all internet-related. One of them was go to the toilet online or whatever you said. No, virtual excursions. Virtual explosion of weed. No, anyway, <laughs> what? You're the bloody worst, mate. I know. Is, this, is that the show for the week? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. And I don't like you very much. That's okay. You don't have to like me. You just have to live with me for the rest yeah. of your life. Oh, very briefly, I wanted to talk about that Guardian article. Have you heard about the Paris lockdown? Yes. Obviously, that is happening at the moment. I My have. sister Something was went in around Paris in your recently. Family's WhatsApp group. Yeah, it's really cool. The Guardian wrote, well, it's cool, kind of eerie, spooky, sort of strange thing to happen. It's ghost, is it? It could be. So, The Guardian has written an article entitled Paris Lockdown Leaves Streets Stuck in 1942 for Abandoned Film Set. And uh, basically what happened is in the, in northern Paris, two streets, Rue Bethay and Rue Androuille, not how you pronounce it, in right. Montmartre, probably not how you pronounce it either. Perfect. Um, near Sacré-Cœur, anyway, Basilica, is in a, left in a time walk of the Nazi occupation for a film that was being made that's had to go into, you know, obviously stop. What was the film? Because of the coronavirus. The film was directed by Fred Cavea. It's called Adieu, Monsieur Huffman. It's an adaptation of an award-winning play telling the story of Joseph Huffman, a Jewish jeweller in Paris at the start of the war who is forced to hide in the cellar of his shop as the Nazis take over the city. So there's obviously – it's a black comedy, but a lot of the shop fronts have like the Nazi symbols. They've got lots of messages on them, obviously being shut down due to the war and the occupation. So it's quite a spooky thing. A lot of people in Paris are locked in their houses looking out to what resembles 1942 – um, Nazi occupation during, of Paris. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and there's just kind of like crazy things written on the walls that are actually quite sort of relevant now to what is happening. Because so, there's Nazis. Because there's Nazis, yeah. Not so, that there is actually Nazis in Paris, but anyway. I imagine there'd be some. <laughs> there's a sign on a fake pharmacy that says, Dear customers, because of a lack of deliveries, certain articles are out of stock. So it's an example of life imitating art, imitating life, James. Oh, my God. It's almost like a shark in an app situation in a room. Oh, that classic saying. That classic saying. Speaking of in-app, did you know people can review this show in-app? You just open up your app and you can just click it if you're in your iTunes or whatever. Five stars if you want, but obviously it's completely up to you. This is from uh, Lady Meridon. It says 10 out of five stars. Oh, my goodness. If you're looking for a delightful conversation between two people who you wish you could be friends with in real life, look no further. Claire and James always brighten my day and bring a smile to my face. Very kind. Thank you very much. That is so kind. I know. Well, we got a lovely email from Chris Small and the subject line is, ha, ha, fantastic. (laughs) So he's really got on board with your saying. He says some really lovely things about us. He makes Weekly Planet posters and um, lives in Canada. Chris Small. I won't read all the lovely things he said about us because they're so lovely, but I'll read them to you later. Maybe alone. No, I'm, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> you just winked at me. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Didn't like it. It's really late here. I'm tired. Okay. 
So he recommends for James Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kicks, a doco on Netflix about the origins and impacts of Hong Kong martial arts films on other genres oh, and cool. cinemas okay, in general. Yeah. The styles in the early film can still be clearly seen in all the movies James talks about on his other more popular podcast. The doco specifically focuses on the adoption of the Kung Fu genre by marginalised and oppressed groups and cultures. Oh, my goodness. That sounds right up your alley. So far up, it's probably called James Alley. I'd love to visit James, James Alley. Alley. It'd just be me going, get the fuck out of my alley. Ha, <laughs> fantastic. Yes. <laughs> That's what it would be. And for me, he's recommended Life After Life by Kate Atkinson, who I love. I think she's a great author. I've read some of her other books. Um, Name them. What? Name them. Um, a God something. There's one called God and then God the other one. something. My brain doesn't work My very well. My brain doesn't work. These are good and ones. And the other one I read was about the detective. I read two and they're both about the same detective. And he's like, well, I'm and on I the case. I can't remember the names of them, but they're really good. They're, they sound terrific. Oh, shut up. <laughs> now I'm going to have to Google it. No, you oh, don't. Collings will link them below. I know, but I need to know. Case histories. Oh, that's what it was. And also A God in Ruins. There you go. There you go. Anyway, going back to Life After Life, which I want to read because it sounds great. An incredibly inventive novel about the rather eventful life of a woman named Ursula Todd's born in 1910. The story is told in an utterly unique narrative fashion, which is a bit difficult to describe. At each point in the book where Ursula is exposed to catastrophe, we are whisked back a few steps in time to see how the story progresses if her previous fateful choice was just slightly Oh, my God. It's like the movie Memento sort of. Correct. Exactly. And he's also got a great link for uh, Kids Sunday, TV free activities you can do with your child. Give me 10. It's a book. Oh, it's a book. It's a book. Yeah. By Steve and Ruth Bennett. Ooh. All of these are great. Thank you so much, Chris. We really Really appreciate appreciate that. Those are great suggestions. And you catered to our specific needs. And I respect that. This guy is cool. I also respect it. He's also used your favourite couch phrase. Which is? Ha ha. Fantastic. Oh, you're ruining it. That's not how you do it. Ha ha ha. Fantastic. <laughs> no, Claire. <laughs> Fantastic. No, it's like this. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I didn't do it right. Okay. No, you didn't. Let me try. Let me try. Let me try. Ha <laughs> ha. Fantastical. <laughs> I mean, that's the popular. European version. We're nearly hitting 40 minutes. We really are. All right. Uh, That's everything. So next week. That's everything. This again, I guess. This is again. So i got to somehow squeeze in watching two Harry Potter movies and the Fantastic Four 2015, which is a horrible film. While reading every night Justice League. I was reading a Justice League book and looking after my kid every day as long as doing work and workout videos and also all the metadata shit you got to do with like YouTube. It's a pain in the ass. And audio editing. And, uh, but at least I've got some wonderful editors. Well, Ben, Matt, and Mitch, they're out there in the world doing good stuff. Are they? I don't know what they're up to. Who knows? <laughs> I don't th- the, what, you know what I'm quite enjoying about this? And I know I'm in a very privileged position to be enjoying this time period. Stealing my There are out really of the hard things. I'm very pregnant. I know, I'm drinking a kombucha. I am very pregnant, though, to be fair. So, you know. There, I'm allowed oh, to I find some glimpses of joy. I would say you're selfish most of the time, regardless of you being pregnant. <laughs> but what did you want to say? <sighs> Guys, it's a long time. What were you enjoying? It's a long time to be married. What are you enjoying? Life is long. It's only five I'm years. It's not even that him. long. People do this for decades. We've got bloody, we potentially have bloody like 80 years Get left. bloody less for murder, am I right? 
Yeah, you would. That's what I'm saying. That's the expression that people you. say. That's if you go to any wedding anniversary, the husband's always like, you bloody get less for murder. And if he doesn't <laughs> say it in the crowd, someone's like, you get less for bloody. You know, if you murder your wife, you'd actually get less, less bloody time. Are they the right? same people that like those Gaelic women that say that joke? Probably, yeah. Probably. Okay, anyway, all I was going to say was there is one comforting thing that I'm finding that you think about, you know how you, I, anyway, you don't experience FOMO, you don't like doing anything, but I experience FOMO on a daily basis and being prego, there's a lot of things I can't do or like I'm too tired to do because I will just fall asleep. But I have this like weird comfort about everybody that we know just all mostly, unless they are going into work, just yes. staying home. Yeah, that's right. And the good thing is when we have our kid in however many weeks that is happening, our other kid that's happening, yeah. everybody will, will be stuck inside regardless probably. Correct. Or, you know, so, so thank goodness everybody will be as miserable as us. Good night, everyone. <laughs> I'm leaving. I've had enough. He's left. He's gone. I'm leaving the room. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll say goodbye on my own. I've already left. We're at Suggestible Pod on all the platforms. Thanks for our colleagues for editing this episode. It's been a long one. See ya. I can still hear you. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.